Here's a question. Are you messing up your retirement plan? Well, one recent MarketWatch piece says that one in three boomers make a huge mistake when they're doing their investing and planning. We'll talk about what it is and how you can avoid making retirement plan mistakes with our thought leader from Beyond Finances podcast, certified financial planner, Eric Roberge on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. I'm Eric Roberge. I am still in my corking box over here. <laughs> you haven't left from yesterday. You know, you can come out between I episodes. Food. <laughs> Please send food. This is the show uh, where we not only read the headlines from top financial press, like today's Market Watch piece, but we also comment on them and give you tips that'll help you earn, save, and spend with a plan more wisely six days a week. Big thanks to Rocket Dollar for supporting Money with Friends. Rocket Dollar account holders have the ability to invest their retirement savings in anything they choose through Rocket Dollar self-directed IRA or solo 401k. You make directions directly into real estate, private companies, peer-to-peer lending, crowdfunding, anything else allowed by the IRS. Get $100 off your setup fee by heading to rocketdollar.com slash MWF. That's rocketdollar.com slash MWF. And Eric, you and I were talking before we started recording about how important it is. If you're going to go into those asset classes, which we generally tell people not to go into, you better work with somebody who knows what the heck they're doing. Yeah, you don't want to just dabble and test things out to see what happens when it comes to your money and your retirement savings. And find out later through a nice letter from the IRS that all this money's disqualified. And now not only do you have to pay tax on it, but there's a penalty as well. Right. Yeah. It blows the whole place up. It is ugly. Well, I'm not a baby boomer. I'm Gen X. Uh, for You can cue the old guy jokes here. But uh, this piece talks about one in three baby boomers making a critical mistake. We're going to get Eric's opinion on this. But first, let's see which one of our friends is helping us kick off today's show. This is Andy from the Inspired Money Podcast. Just like hanging out and chatting about the news, that's why I tune in to Money with Friends. All right. This piece comes to us from Market Watch, written by Katie Hill. Uh, the headline is one in three boomers makes this critical retirement mistake far more than other generations. Katie writes, the risk is real. Far too many workers are taking unnecessary risk with their retirement savings by putting too much of their money into stocks. According to Fidelity's Q3 2019 retirement analysis released this last week. Although an increasing number of workers are leveraging target date funds to keep their asset allocation on track and help manage the risk to their retirement savings, Fidelity's Q3 analysis found that many 401k account holders had stock allocations higher than those recommended for their age group, the report concluded. And it continues with, for boomers, that's particularly true. Indeed, 37.6% of boomers had more stock than advisable in their 401ks, and that includes 7.9% of them who are 100% in equities. Compared with just 18.6% of Generation X and 172 of millennials who hold more stock than advisable, Fidelity's analysis revealed. There's a risk to this, especially for boomers, Megan Murphy, a vice president of thought leadership at Fidelity, tells MarketWatch. The concern there is they are already in an approach in or approaching retirement and need to be thinking about guaranteed income streams. There's not a lot of time for recovery. 
Well, you look at this thing that people call sequence of return risk, Eric, uh, that you know a lot more about, uh, uh, definitely more than I do, who've been out of the financial planning industry for 10 years. Uh, but sequence of returns, I would think for boomers is a big thing. If if the downside happens at the wrong time, they could be in big trouble. Or do you buy into sequence of return risk or do you think that having a 100% equity portfolio is is okay if you've got a big enough cash reserve? Well, I mean, I think sequence and return risk is only a problem when you start to take money out of your portfolio. So the idea that markets from now until 10 years from now could start off in the next three years negative versus positive, but yet produce the same average rate of return over that 10 years is what we're talking about right now. And it's a drastically different outcome when there's negative returns initially if you start to draw your money out because now you're getting market um losses plus income needs and your portfolio gets reduced down and therefore doesn't have enough of a balance to recover even if the returns start coming later on. So the key there then, uh, if I'm reading between the lines, is having enough money and other stuff to weather that storm? Perfectly said, yes. I think you need to really have, think ahead, understand how much cash reserves you need to cover maybe two to three years just in case the market isn't cooperating and then re-up that when markets are doing a little bit better. So then I wonder, because I look at, you know, people talk about equity returns and 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 what they expect, you know, those returns to be going forward or even looking at, um, looking at uh, historical return numbers for stocks and people wondering about being able to stay in stocks. What if somebody had like a, enough money that they could have like a dividend producing portfolio? Would that get rid of some of that risk where they're living on the dividends or are there still problems there? Well, I mean, I, th- I think the, the short answer to your question is there are still problems there because if the stock price goes down, the amount of actual dollars of dividends is also going to go down as well. Um, because if, oh, the, yeah. if the company's not doing well, um, they're not going to just start throwing out money to continue to throw out the same kind of money to their shareholders. But I think you touched on a point that I think is important here is to look at your own specific situation understand how much money you need to take out of your portfolio over the next, say, 30 years into re- in retirement to satisfy your needs. And if you don't need to take on the risk required to gain, say, 7%, because you only need three, you should reduce your portfolio back to that risk level mm-hmm. so that you're not at the whim of the market if it decides to go down. Uh, we do this live in front of a Facebook audience. A lot of people hanging out with us today as we make the donuts, so to speak. Gregory is here. He says, covering that two to three years with a cash reserve, is that what we mean when we say, quote, mitigating sequence of return risk? Yes, in a sense. I mean, the mitigation is I'm not tapping into my portfolio while the market is taking a dive because you're using the two to three years worth of cash reserves to pay your expenses along the way until that portfolio, uh, the uh, the market starts to turn again. There's a part of me that also thinks, though, that this is a problem. Boomers with too much money in equities, or people in general with a lot of money in equities, not because of the fact that having a lot of money in equities, Eric, is necessarily bad, as much as it 
is a volatile asset class. And you know, as well as anybody from a behavioral perspective, the second the market begins to go sideways, like it has a few times during this general upswing, people start to panic. That's that's what I'm, I'm not as worried about equities myself as I am worried about you and not you, Eric Roberge. I'm about about you person listening to this who uh, may or may not do the right thing with your money. Right. I mean, because I was talking about this with a client today, people aren't robots and therefore we can't expect people to act unemotionally when things get emotional. And I'll tell you, when you see your retirement savings, the only savings you have left start to take a nosedive, you're going to get emotional. Now, whether you do something or not in a negative manner, like take your money out at the wrong time is a different story, but you will get emotional and you have to expect that and then prepare for it. I know that a lot of financial planners work from something called an investment policy statement, where ahead of time, when you're in a non-emotional state, you write up exactly what your strategy is going to be with your money. Is is that a key? Did you a do you believe that's a key? And if you do believe that's a key, is that something an individual investor could do themselves so that they're going to take less risk or or maybe maybe stay away from making the wrong move? I think it is important because, like you said, when you're level-headed. And you're thinking clearly, if you document what you should be doing, this is this goes for anything in life, really, yeah. when you get into that emotional state and you go back to that and say, oh, yeah, this was me that wrote this down. I agreed to this when I wasn't emotional. I should probably follow the instructions here. That's super important to do. Yeah. Uh, the uh, 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 I think... I think this is one thing people are messing up with retirement. You see people, you talked about meeting with a client earlier today. What are some other things you're seeing people mess up when they're either saving for retirement or taking money out of retirement? They're, they're trying to time the markets. And that is, it's really, my, my image of that is like having a sewing machine going and trying to stick your finger in and out of it without getting stabbed <laughs> by the needle. Right? You're, you're going to get stabbed. I'm sorry. It's it's just what's going to happen because we can't possibly, even experts and economists and market analysts cannot tell you when the market's going to do what it's going to do. They could say that there's a better chance of something happening in the near term, but we can't rely on that information to make immediate decisions on our portfolios, whether it's I'm going to hold off and saving into, into my investment accounts until the market takes a dip, or I'm going to pull my money out before it takes a dip and then invest back again when it hits the bottom. That doesn't work, but people always talk about doing that. It's got to be so frustrating when you even hear people talk about that. Yeah. I mean, because I know that logically speaking, it, it makes sense to them. Sure. And it's just not the right way to go. But we're in the trees. And we're not looking at the forest when we start making those decisions. And if you look at a day in the market and just the volatility of just ups and downs and then extend that out over a year, it starts to look like, well, Maybe we can time it. Maybe we can guess because that hill right there, then it went down and the Fed said this. So I know if they say this again, then I'm going to be able to react to that. And it's just not how it goes. There's a guy uh, who is a, a trader on the Mercantile Exchange doing something, by the way, in, in Chicago, way more aggressive than anybody listening to the show probably does. Uh, but but he wrote a book in the 90s. And by the way, read this at your own risk because it's really dry. But it is one of my favorite books if you can slog through it. I mean, in terms of practical usage, it's called Trading Rules. And by and large, Eric, what it what it taught me was believe you're dumber than you think you are. Like if you treat your portfolio like you are somebody that doesn't know anything about anything, 
and you trade that way, you're much more likely to just dollar cost average, buy indexes, stay away from it when your gut tells you something's right or wrong. He's like, "There's the market's way too big for us to fathom, but our head thinks we're super smart. And it's funny because this, you know, this guy's talking about all the things that could go wrong in trading. And he's out there on the mercantile exchange <laughs> doing all these commodity trades, which are just super aggressive. And I feel like the average Joe Sixpack uh, who works on the line at General Motors that I used to work with would always want to come into my office and say, hey, it's time to buy Tesla. Why? Because my buddy bought some and I'm looking at Elon Musk and hey, now that he's uh, smoked pot with Joe Rogan, everything's going to go better. Oh yeah, right. I mean, if, if he's talking about Saturn and no one else is talking about Saturn, he knows something we don't know. Let's get in on that too. Right, right exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Gregory uh, has another comment here. He says, it seems like annuities are pensions trying to stir the pot here uh, and education have an important role to play and not panicking. I, I, I clearly think education do. I think annuities might too, pensions might too, but both of those annuities and pensions, Eric, really need to be fixed. Like there's some good solutions there. If we can get rid of some of the bells and whistles and, and uh, ugliness around the way annuities get sold. I agree. I think that depending on the person and their risk tolerance and what they need for income in retirement. And a fixed annuity can give you that peace of mind. It can give you that consistent income stream that you need to not have to worry every single day about what your money is doing in the market. I just think that we have to know that we're also going to pay more than we necessarily need to for that peace of mind. Yeah. And still, as long as we know what we're paying for, and we understand that it could be less expensive elsewhere, then we can go into that with our eyes wide open. I went to a conference uh, this spring at MIT with a lot of the big players in annuities who were all together basically trying to start to solve that problem, like uh, trying to get some of the bad actors out of there. And it's overdue. And it was good to see the minds at MIT where, I mean, this is how important this is, right? Longevity is a huge risk that I see CFPs like you, Eric, are talking about, but not enough people are talking about that if, you know, if we're healthy, we had MetPro as our sponsor yesterday. If we're if we're healthy, we might live a long time and we might outlive our money. Like that's super important. Right. And then that's where that annuity, that annuitization, that pension that doesn't go away for as long as you live is so vitally important. So we can't just be be ignorant to that and say annuities are bad, even though I love to talk about how bad annuities are in certain situations. Me too. Um, they're just not bad in general. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, too many square pegs going into round holes. In just a second, Eric and I are going to have our big takeaway from today's piece. And before we get there, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Rocket Dollar, for supporting Money with Friends. Here's like about Rocket Dollar. This is a very aggressive place to be with your money. If you're going to put something that's not in the run-of-the-mill generic uh, 401k or IRA providers like your, um, like, you know, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, Vanguard, if you really have an opportunity that's in something like real real estate, a private company, peer-to-peer lending, crowdfunding, anything else allowed by the IRS that isn't allowed there. You have to work with a custodian and you need to know what you're doing so you don't get your IRA dollars, what's called disqualified from your IRA and end up paying taxes and penalties on that. So what do you do? 
I think you get Rocket Dollar. Making investments through Rocket Dollar is easy. You simply write a check out of your Rocket Dollar account. You don't have to wait for the custodian to mail you a check on your behalf. Tons of educational tools on Rocket Dollar that help you through the process. Really that simple. Best of all, you keep all those tax protections of your existing IRA or the solo 401k. Open a Rocket Dollar account today and you could take advantage of a world of investment opportunities for $15 a month after a one-time $360 sign-up fee. For money with friends, friends those uh the people at rocket dollar i was going to say friends for the third time in a row our friends at rocket dollar are offering a hundred dollars off your setup fee by using money with friends when setting up your account at rocketdollar.com forward slash mwf go to rocketdollar.com forward slash mwf and they'll walk you through putting in money with friends in the right place and getting your hundred bucks off all right that's enough about rocket dollar and alternatives let's talk about more meat and potato stuff Eric, what's your big takeaway? People messing up their their retirement. Well, I think the big takeaway here is that cookie cutter advice is not appropriate for everyone. But the the article suggests something, therefore has you question, are you doing the right thing? And I think that question about, am I doing the right thing is vitally important because that starts to have you dig into it to figure things out. And in this case, I think you really have to look at your situation understand what your needs truly will be in retirement and make sure that you align your portfolio with the risk level you need to not outlast your money. So if you don't need to take on the risk to get 7% returns, don't take on that risk because you'd be good to just sit tight, stay less risky and not run out of money. I love the thought process though. When you say cookie cutter advice, people that have listened to this show for a long time know that's kind of my hot button, Eric, is that not having cookie cutter advice and not using these rules of thumb are so easy. Like it's not as hard as you think it is to have a plan that suits you. I think people think it's going to be really, really complex. So they don't do it. Instead, they use these rules like the 4% rule or, you know, how much money I need to have in a reserve or where looking at your own stuff and you think about how important it is the 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 cost benefit the risk reward for actually doing that it well well worth your time and energy i think absolutely i mean cookie cutter advice is for the masses which is fine it's for me when i'm having a conversation with someone in 30 minutes but it doesn't mean that you should follow cookie cutter advice because you have a lot of time to do the work to talk to the right people to do the research to make sure that you're choosing what you need yeah, I don't have a different takeaway. That is totally that is totally my takeaway. There's it is so easy, which is why we like people hanging out with us, but then using this as a jumping off point to dive deeper in in your own stuff. Take some time. It ends up being fun too, right? I mean, setting up your milestones toward your goal, that's so fun. So such a good time. It seems horrible. When when I used to meet with clients, I had this one client that told me that they thought initially it was going to be like going to the dentist, right? Coming in to see Joe is going to be like going to the dentist. And they're like, it still is like going to the dentist, but it's like a really fun dentist. <laughs> oh yeah. You get to chew on candy. That's right. Hey, we've got a much more important topic though, Eric, we got to talk about the podcast about the beyond finances podcast that you and, uh, and, and Kaylee, your spouse and operations manager, your clearly your better half, by the way, that you guys do. Tell everybody a little bit about it. It's just, it's an insightful way to get into our minds, to understand how we think differently about money 
And the way we think about money is really as a tool to live an incredible life. So, I mean, everything from understanding how much that we save in our retirement accounts and our other accounts to be able to balance today and tomorrow to coming up, we're going to be talking about why we're choosing to rent in Boston and then buy in New Hampshire a home um, for lifestyle reasons. So it's these insightful things that you won't hear in regular research or other places that really gives you a way to start to ask your own questions and come up with your own ideas to have a great life using your money as a tool. That's what I love about it. It's like, I feel like a fly on the wall listening to two very intelligent people talk about things in a different way than we might've talked about it before in a very thoughtful way, a fun way. It's like you guys are having a very relaxed conversation over coffee about some pretty heady stuff. It's exactly, that's actually what we do on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun. All right. uh, Beyond Finances podcast available everywhere. Uh, Eric, also your blog, your website is, uh, is it beyond the hammock or beyond your hammock? Beyondyourhammock.com. Beyondyourhammock.com. If you want to reach Eric uh, in general, Uh, we're going to see you again in a month, my friend. Can't wait. This is the best time of my month. Absolutely. Me too. Hey, thanks everybody for hanging out with Eric and I today. Everybody who hung out live, if you want to watch the show being made, head to facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. That's the Stacking Benjamins uh, Facebook page. We're part of the Stacking Benjamins family shows. Also, uh, um, coming up tomorrow, Bobby and I doing some more headlines. So we'll see you back here at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.